Hey guys, what you're about to hear is a special episode where we talk about the Killer Shorts Horror Shorts Screenplay Competition. I have to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Final Draft, Shudder, Virtual Pitch Fest, We Screenplay, Crimson Screen Horror Film Festival, Oregon Scream Week, The Script Butcher, Screencraft, Coverfly, and Film Freeway. Holy crap, that's a lot of sponsors, but without them, that contest may never have happened. You can learn more about them on our website at KillerShortsContest.com. Now let's get to today's show. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Screenwriters Network podcast. The Screenwriters Network is the largest Discord server of screenwriters in the world. And on this show, we usually interview members of the community, but not today. Today is a special episode. I'm joined by fellow moderator Fred Pelzer, also known as National 2080 in the server. Hey, Fred. Hey. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, so, guys, I'm your host, Smish, also known in the real world as Allison Parker. Uh, I am the owner of the Discord server, and I'm also the contest director for the Killer Shorts Horror Short Screenplay Competition. It was our first year this year, and we received over 765 entries. We narrowed this down to the top 13%, which made it an even 100 quarter finalists. First of all, congratulations to everybody who progressed. Woo. Yeah, congratulations to everybody who even just submitted and completed shorts. Like, mm-hmm. it's that's a huge accomplishment in and of itself. Absolutely, and and that's the reason that we created the contest, which originally was going to be just for our server. We wanted to motivate people to write, so uh, we are always looking for new ways to do that, and contests seem to help with that a lot. Uh, this was probably our most successful one, but we opened it up to the whole world. So it's not just people from our server. Um, but yes, you should be very proud if you completed a screenplay and entered it. Even if you didn't advance, you completed a screenplay. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. That Congrats. is very good. <laughs> I will now read the list of 100 screenwriters. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I'm glad you started laughing instantly and didn't like think, oh, shit, she's actually going to do that. <laughs> Sit here quietly for the next five minutes. Yeah, it's a, it, it feels like a long list, but really, it's only the top 13%. You know, it, 100 people made it, 665 people didn't. So it's it's definitely special to be in that top 100. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fred, I asked you to come on the show with me because we're going to reveal now you were one of the readers for the competition. We had a team of readers. Every single script was read at least twice. Um, and I thought it might be helpful or interesting for people to know why some scripts advanced and others didn't. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Uh, so let's see, I started off as a fiction writer and uh, a stage writer. So uh, I've got some short stories that were published as well as a collection uh, that was published in a book form. And then uh, I've had some plays produced. Uh, and then I've also done, uh, then did some horror podcasts and then I moved into screenwriting. Um, most recently for that, I've been hired to do some consulting on um, 
for a production company that I work with sometimes and am currently collaborating with a couple of different directors on some horror screenplays. Uh, nice. You know, the, the classic uh, single location, few characters. What can we put together for uh, a reasonable budget for a first time yeah. feature director? Nice. What are some of your favorite horror films? Because you're always talking about the latest horror movies coming out in the Ooh. server. What what, it, what would be in like your top five? Uh, let's see. Definitely Hereditary. Um, yeah. I remember, I think I joined right when that came out. And uh, just all the uh, conversations about that third act. But I loved it. Um, that was... Getting to see that in a theater with a, a full crowd and even with mm -hmm. people making the, the clucking sound throughout, which was <laughs> annoying. Yeah. By the time that third act kicked into gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but by the time that third act kicked into gear, I mean, it was completely silent. And then somebody would notice something in the frame and they would point and they would nudge mm -hmm. the person next to them. And you could see it yeah. spread through the crowd as everybody slowly realized what was happening. Right. Like she's on uh, the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was... <laughs> so cool and such a you know demonstration of why why the theater experience is still such an important part of cinema going oh, um, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> uh so i love that um another recent one uh would be uh hunting of uh, hill house uh the tv show for netflix uh i thought was incredibly effective and just a really great uh marriage of um like theme and strong character work with really creepy and effective scares. Uh, and then, uh, you know, a little bit older, uh, big John Carpenter fan. So the thing and Halloween are both mm -hmm. classics. Um, you know, you can just keep going from there. Uh, yeah. we could just spend the whole podcast talking about horror movies. Mm -hmm. We could, but people are <laughs> like, Holy fuck, get to what I'm here for. I want to know why I didn't get in or what you loved about my screenplay. I'll just really quickly <laughs> tell them about me too. Cause I'm sure there's going to be some people are like, you know, who are you to say whether or not we progress? And, um, me, I'm a writer and a director currently living in Los Angeles. I'm originally from Canada. I've been in the film industry for about 20 years now. Uh, my short films have screened at over 200 film festivals around the world. So I do have experience knowing what kind of uh, short films they are looking for, you know, what has a good chance of getting accepted at a film festival, what gets a good reaction from audiences. Um, also, I'm a screenwriter and I write predominantly horror or horror comedy. Uh, my horror screenplay, Log, won the grand prize at the Canadian Film Festival. And I've been running this community of about 5,000 screenwriters for over four years. My main thing, like I said, is to motivate people to write. I just want to help people. And if we can help some writers by putting a spotlight on them because they did well in this contest, I would be so happy. And I really hope that that happens. Um, so we are looking for scripts that we can confidently share with our industry partners and hopefully help them get made or or represented. Who knows? Uh, the winners of this contest, there's going to be three winners, and they are going to have their scripts sent to Paradigm Talent Agency. Um, and they, these, these guys represent like James Wan and Stephen King and Lee Wen, all the big names uh, in horror. Uh, I'll say, yeah, when you first 
told the moderation team about this contest and what the prizes were, uh, we, we were all joking about how we needed to resign as moderators so we could mm-hmm. compete because the, the prizes are just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I really wish I had a killer short uh, that I could (laughs) enter into the contest so I could win Um, because it's going to be agents from Paradigm, agents from Affirmative Entertainment. We've also got managers at Good Fear Content and uh, uh, producers at Gray Matter Productions. They're the ones that produce the film Lights Out. And we did a lot of research to make sure that This was a group of producers, agents, and managers who have experience working with horror filmmakers who started with a short film, and then they were discovered because of that, and later it was adapted into a feature film. Uh, So hopefully, you know, we've targeted it uh, in a way that it's really going to help. We're not just, you know, sending out a massive blast to every single producer and, and agent out there. We've got the ones who are looking for new voices in horror. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've read probably half of the submissions, so over three hundred, right, or like three fifty? Uh, yeah, over three fifty. Right. So you you haven't read every single quarter finalist. I have. Uh, I've also <laughs> read. I've read about two hundred and fifty scripts, um, but you probably have read about half of them. Keeping that in mind, what are some things that stood out to you? for the scripts that you really liked what like why did you rate some scripts higher than others i, I it feels like uh kind of part of uh the larger conversation that happens on the server sometimes about you know the blacklist or other competitions and you know the the difference between a, a seven and an eight on the blacklist and mm-hmm. for me the the things that made me fall in love were when a script went from just being good and kind of checking off all the boxes of just being a, a, a well-made script and into something that was exciting and new and um, and and really something that gave you something to hold on to, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if there was, and part of it too is we're talking about for some of these scripts, three pages, two pages. Um, so it's not like you've got the room to do a bunch, but you can still do a lot with a little. So even just having a little character moment that helps bring a character to life. There's one script I'm thinking of that, you know, again, it was five pages or less, one character alone in a house, and it had a a, a clever concept to it. But the thing that really popped for me was there was this great character moment of uh, the the main character um, choosing her, her outfit and and it sounds you know like such a small detail but it was an interesting choice that all of a sudden brought that character to life for me and that was for me helped push that script from being good to being great as well as you know doing good formatting and all that kind of stuff yeah so something i liked was when there was scripts that put a new twist on things because like i read a lot of demon possession scripts Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of werewolf scripts Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of zombie scripts oh yeah um (laughs) and of course a lot of serial killer scripts so the scripts that stood out to me was when they found a way to put a twist on something that we've seen before whether that's a different location like zombies on a bus Mm -hmm. zombies on a bus 
was really <laughs> funny. It's got a great title. Uh, and the concept is basically, you know, being stuck on a bus with people that are turning into zombies. Um, and there were also there's also Canadian geese in this script, which was a really <laughs> pleasant surprise for me being a Canadian. Uh, I've never read a script where Canadian geese uh, made an appearance. They were like flying into the bus as well. So I'm like, OK, never seen that before. Uh, another thing that stood out to me was diverse characters. And, th and this is a probably different discussion that we could get into. But I thought people might be interested to know that very few scripts had characters with different ethnicity ethnicities, mm -hmm. um, different sexual orientations. Uh, there was so little of this that when you read one with that, it stood out. Now, of course, they have to be a great story and, and written well as well. They don't get in just on that. But I was I would say like, you know, less than 5% of the screenplays had that. Um, so just something to think about. If you can put those things in, I recommend it. Definitely. And I also just want to go back to the um, the the putting a new twist. Yeah, yeah. yeah putting a new twist just because I, I think I think zombie scripts were the most that I read um of repeat and it was just there was a lot that you know if you'd seen uh night of the living dead then you you're already familiar with the beats of the story um and so I, I think part of it is you can demonstrate a knowledge of the genre and the market by being able to take the genre conventions and then putting that fresh spin on it that that shows or just any little thing to show i know that you've already seen this and i've already seen this so here's something new for you to watch because if you do it and i go oh well that was a major release in the last 20 years that did the exact same thing you just did it in 10 pages instead of 90 or 100 right then you know what's that's going to hold you back whereas if you exactly. go you know here's the 10 page version and there's this little extra something um that that helped a lot but yeah like especially if you're writing a zombie script, make sure it is something new and interesting for zombies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something that held a lot of people back and it, it's unfortunate because it was well done, but it, at the end it's just like, okay, well, so what it just, it doesn't mm -hmm. stand out in your memory because you've seen it before. Um, so anything you can do to make it different, make it original, try to do that. Um, another thing I really liked was really vivid imagery. Mm -hmm. um, when people are very good at describing things so that you can visualize it, if it's like highly imaginative, so they're describing something for me that I've never seen before, a uh, new kind of monster is great, um, or just scary things that are happening you know, like a guy floating up above you with his head is gone or whatever. Just I loved it when I read something that I haven't seen before in a movie and they described it so clearly. Mm -hmm. uh, I think No, No Man is a great example oh, yeah. of that, mm -hmm. uh, which involved a uh, like a kid show gone horribly wrong. Um, <laughs> and these like claymation puppets were how I was picturing it. Um, invading the real world and it was just so effectively done on that uh, especially with that element of it felt like something like you said nothing that i that i'd seen before and it was it was so evocative and yeah. obviously stuck with me i mean i probably read that script 
uh, while I'm looking at it. I read it uh, relatively early on, but I can still know exactly like the images in that script because it was something that I didn't read in any other script. Exactly. Yeah. How many scripts had claymation characters on a children's show coming out of a TV and killing people? <laughs> uh, zero, you know? So that, yeah, that's a great example. Now, somewhere where that script could have failed is if it wasn't formatted properly or if it was full of typos or things like that, it wouldn't have made it in. Right. So, yeah. So there's a flip side to this. You have to do both. Right. It has to be something new or, you know, all the things we're talking about that make it great. But it still has to be formatted properly as a screenplay. It has to have little to zero typos, uh, you know, correct grammar, correct line spacing for a screenplay, ideally no camera directions or scene numbers, uh, things like that really distract us from the story. Uh, and we're keeping in mind that the winners are going to be handed over to some really major agents and managers and producers in Hollywood. So we can't we can't give them a script and say, all right, here's our winning script, but it's got 20 typos in it in 10 pages. Like they're going to be like, okay, we're not working with you again. So you have to, you have to make sure that you get the basics right as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, again, it's that, you know, the basics and the fundamentals is what'll get you to a good or very good script. And then it's putting the thought into the, uh, what makes it your execution specific and unique that makes your script jump to being great mm -hmm. um just one more thing that i wanted to uh that when it happened it would really grab me is when uh the actual characters mattered to the story right it wasn't just mm -hmm. here's an interesting person and then i'm dropping them in a, a horror story and i could have swapped them out with another interesting person and the horror story would still would have happened the same mm -hmm. um and, you know and again it's a short so you've got limited space and for some of them it didn't matter right there's a couple that i read that i loved that didn't have that but they were simple and clear and escalated well but for, especially for some of the longer ones um when they took the time to make sure that character choices were actually impacting the narrative uh that was when it really felt like the whole thing was coming together because it mattered who the story was happening to and uh it was actually letting us experience uh their their character journey usually also right because if there's that choice mm -hmm. happening then they're actually moving through the story mm -hmm. uh, another thing that i liked is when it had a location that i haven't seen before in a horror movie and this might be just me but there's one called fog of war that was set on a war field with the, these soldiers, a battlefield, I should say. Um, and there's some kind of monster going around killing the soldiers in the middle of being at war. Uh, and that one I really liked because I, I think it was the probably only one, like out of 765 entries, the only one that was placed in that setting. Uh, and I like that. I like being taken to new places and new worlds that I've never seen before. Um, you know, we've seen the cabin in the woods many, many times. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you can do it differently, great. Right. But it's just so refreshing when you see something like that. Were there any that stood out to you as a, a setting or location that was new? Uh, sure. Well, actually, I want to say for that one, I didn't read that one, but okay. I 
saw the log line and requested it for that exact reason, right? I don't know right. who wrote that or, but just even just summarizing it like that in that log line of saying like a horror movie that's taking place in a battlefield. I was like, oh, I haven't really seen that before. Even though at this point I'm not even getting paid to read it anymore, I still want to read it because it's a cool idea and I want to see how they execute it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any others stand out to you for the location? It's tough. It's tough to come up with a location we haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of like cabins in the woods, suburbs, mm -hmm. cities. Um, and it, it, aside from the cabin in the woods, I, I, I very rarely dinged anybody for a location, right? It wasn't like, oh, no. oh another urban horror or another <laughs> suburban horror short. I, you know, that's not going to. That's something that's going to lose your points, but definitely if you made it, like I said, an interesting choice that I was like, oh, this is a battlefield and I haven't really seen that before, that's going to grab my attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, I, I do want to, again, touching back on the, you know, be familiar with the genre. Uh, there were quite a few Cabin in the Woods scripts that were, especially after the movie Cabin in the Woods, you really need to have something new to bring to that genre, that subgenre. Otherwise, it's already been deconstructed completely, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, I mean, Log's a great example of that because <laughs> it is a villain that we've never seen before. Right. And it also is like such an interesting tone uh, to the horror that it, it feels fresh again. But right. There were plenty of ones. It was just, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Log. Uh, yeah. All hail Log. Um, but no, there's there were, again. There was just a lot of scripts where it was cabin in the woods. There's a serial killer. You know, maybe slight tweaks, but it still wasn't doing anything fresh with that. And there and there were also some that were cabin in the woods and did do again something fresh to it that would grab my attention and sort of say, okay, you're familiar with the genre and you've thought about it and thought about a fresh way to to approach this concept mm -hmm. i think something that might be a, a misconception out there is uh, people think we might have favored short screenplays over long ones and i just want to put that to bed because uh, we have everything from like a two-page script to a 35-page script in the quarterfinals so it really doesn't matter as long as the pacing is good the whole way through um there were often scripts that, you know, come on strong in the first five pages and then they kind of meander for like 10 pages and end up being like 25 pages and you finish it and you're like, okay, that was good, but it could have been done in 10. Did Absolutely. you find that a lot? Yeah. Uh, that was, I mean, look, I'm, I'll be honest. If I looked at the next script in my doc and it was, 30 to 35 pages I was like oh boy because <laughs> pretty frequently they did not earn that length right right like you said it was either super decompressed in terms of the pace um, or it was just throwing a bunch of ideas in it or often it just wasn't written very well and on on the page and in the action lines mm -hmm. but also there were definitely scripts where I'd start reading them and I'd go okay I'm in good confident hands and they know what they're doing and this is uh you know i can just relax and enjoy the ride yeah um and, it, and also there were a couple that were too short where i read it right. and i went 
this was great, but it ended too soon or it didn't quite play out the premise all the way. And if it had been two pages longer, I would have, you know, bumped it up another point, point and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that can be tough to know. Uh, I think for me, it can be tough to know, like, how much development to do with your characters when you're doing a short film as opposed to a feature film. That can be really challenging. There was one script uh, in the quarterfinals. I believe it's called Little Eye. And I really liked the idea of that script. It was like a father and his daughter uh, playing I, I Spy with My Little Eye. And the daughter starts saying things that she sees that are very scary and creepy and the father can't see them. And That's a great I, idea. Isn't that a great idea? Um now I have to look up the writer's name. I know his, I think his first name is Trey. I think it's Trey Jordan. Uh, it's a great idea. And I will say I felt it was a little short. It still made it through. It was that good. But mm -hmm. I think, and I know he's planning on making this. Uh, I think it, it could have used a little bit of breathing room, a little bit more uh, character moments so that we uh, invest in the characters a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It just it could have been expanded because I, I was in for that ride. But I think a lot of people are maybe trying to replicate replicate what Lights Out did, mm -hmm. where you have one scare and then it's over. So I, I think maybe that's what Trey was trying to do there, which I totally get. Um, and then maybe that's more effective. Um, but, right, but sometimes it, that's super tough. Like, mm -hmm. like you said, I, I read quite a few scripts that were aiming for that. And I think that can be the smart choice for the right idea, but then it's purely about the execution of that scare, right? So it's, yeah, and it's structuring it like a joke. So it's setting up the rules, making it very clear, very quickly how this world works, escalate, escalate, and then subvert or overcome the expectations, right? And that's how you, mm -hmm. that's how you get somebody with a three to five minute short. Um, yeah. But it's tough. Mm hmm. Absolutely. I just remembered another unique location. Uh, it was Storage Space by Catherine Butts. Uh, it was set in a house uh, where the mother was a hoarder. And mm. yeah, have you read that? So I haven't, but I've read her. I didn't read that one, but I did read her feature that has a similar concept. Yeah, I think she made it as like a short version sure. of a feature I, I, script. But I yeah, that, that. that's something I haven't seen before. Um, just the horror of being in this house where it's like a maze and you're trying to make your way through these pathways uh, surrounded by boxes that are really high up and you can't see what's on the other side. I thought that was a really good idea. Definitely. Although that um, reminds me of uh, something that did trip up a couple of scripts, which was the script was very clearly the first act of a feature or yes. the first act of a pilot or it was a pilot. And they just didn't function well on their own as a complete story unto themselves, right? Yeah. And sometimes the writing would be really good, but the plot wasn't there because it was all set up and it was very clear, like, yeah. this is going someplace else. Yeah, absolutely. You could tell they had chopped off the first 35 pages of a feature film because nothing is happening for like 25 pages and we're building up to like the inciting incident in their mm -hmm. feature. And mm -hmm. you could tell, you know, and it just, it didn't work 
as a short. And unfortunately, we're the killer shorts, horror short <laughs> screenplay competition. Um, so those ones lost points uh, for that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's definitely there is a way to do it, but you got to do the work of like making sure that it stands on its own as a as a short unto itself. Mm hmm. Another one I liked a lot uh, was called Pears. And Pears, I believe, was written by one of our members, Garrett Amerson. He's Amerska. Yeah, he's one of our members. Uh, that one was about, like, you know, when you, you lose a sock, uh, it, it was about where the socks were being taken to. And Yes, that was the one with the character moment that I was talking about that I couldn't find earlier. Is it? Oh. Yes. <laughs> Okay, great. So he had two things going for him because I had never read anything like that. It was so unique. The main character was like in her 70s, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. And just it was so imaginative and different. It just it's, you know, it's not werewolf. It's not zombie. It's not a serial killer. It's some strange monster that collects socks. And I'm not going to spoil it because I just feel like I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for anyone that reads it, but it's really good. Absolutely. It definitely yeah. stood out. Yeah. Uh, another thing I think is important for short film is having a strong ending. So some of the scripts ended abruptly mm -hmm. uh, and you're like, oh, it's over. Okay. Some of them took the time to really set up a strong ending uh, with setups and payoffs and a twist at the end mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, snap, you know, and you're just left with that feeling of, oh, shit, that was good. Others right. just kind of peter out and end like, OK, I'm a serial killer. I kill people and now I'm going to kill somebody else. And that's like, OK, it could go so on what? like that forever. Yeah. So what? Like, it's really important. And I, I learned that a lot from attending a lot of film festivals, too, which I highly recommend, even if you don't have a film in the festival, to go see the ones that great get great reactions um, in the theater. Because you, I feel like the way that it ends is like that lasting impression that the person remembers when they walk away from it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the, the longer ones, again, you know, there's no better way to frustrate a reader than to spend 20, 25, 30 pages of a short competition building up to something. And then it's exactly what you expect. Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of like, well, why did we go through all this then? Right. You know, part of that is knowing your genre conventions and, and doing something interesting with it. But um, you know, part of it too is even though these are shorts, just like a feature, it needs to be, this is a day that matters, right? Like, um, like you said, there's these scripts where you get to the end and you're just kind of like, okay, this was, this could have happened anytime to anybody, you know, it's another serial killer striking again, or like, you have to find that thing that says this story is, deserves to be a story. And that is made clear by the ending. We like to be surprised. Right. Yes. So anything that surprises us uh, is probably going to make it through. Another another thing to watch out for, um, I want to get into a little bit, uh, is dialogue. Uh, I read a lot of very on the nose dialogue, unnatural sounding or exposition heavy. Uh, if you had any of that, mm -hmm. you would have lost points for that dialogue with something on the scorecard for the readers. 
Uh, I also read some really amazing dialogue that just sounded like real people talking, real characters uh, who had like a real unique, strong personality. And I loved that. When that happened, I was so happy, and that helped me be on for the ride, even if there were some mistakes in other areas, because I, I really liked the characters. Did you find that? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, there was a lot of, like I said, expositionary dialogue, which is kind of like, all right, these people are saying it for my benefit, and not because two human beings would actually say it to each other in this moment. Um, and yeah, like conversely, if the dialogue was, was really good, then, you know, then I'd be having a good time and, uh, mm -hmm. that could help smooth over or some other things. And sort of as a subsection of that, uh, I found voiceover was very rarely justified by the script. Right. Usually it was something that we can figure out from context or isn't providing any new information or insight into the characters and it's just being used as an exposition tool or you thought it was an interesting choice but um most often when i started reading voiceover it was uh not helping the story in my opinion right right one exception to that i think would be the butter street hitchhiker which i think uh used voiceover very well that one uh is oh man i love that story it, it is really good. I, I don't know if the voiceover, maybe it just helped set the tone because mm -hmm. we're, we were uh, also we were alone with this guy in his car. And so obviously he's not going to be talking to anyone. So it just I think it worked in that script. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can work. Right. There's there are no rules in screenwriting except make it good. So mm -hmm. if it if it helps the story and it's doing that work, then it deserves to be there um mm -hmm. but i think it it you know for all those rules it's more of a more of a strong suggestion of make sure it's worth including because most of the time when especially when a a, a new writer does it it's not good <laughs> uh, uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna call out a couple others um that i thought were really unique um just to give people more ideas uh of what we mean uh so one was a killer love song by michael rogers uh so that was a horror musical which we don't see very often although one of our members has written a horror musical for one of our previous contests uh, but this was really good where it had like the serial killer in the woods and you know the hot blonde bikini clad chicks and all that kind of stuff but they're singing um, mm -hmm. And actually what ends up happening is the serial killer falls in love with another killer who's a different type of killer. And they're both singing and coming together. <laughs> and I thought that was really unique. Uh, that yeah, one really stood out. Totally. And I think that's another thing to really be thinking about is, is it fun? Right. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously I read a lot of them, but even for another reader who's not reading as many scripts as I was for the contest, they're still having to read a lot of pages, even even just for shorts. Um, so writing something that is fun to read, that even in a scary way is still a fun ride, is going to do so much for you, right? That yeah. I'm willing to forgive some stuff if I am having a good time and it's very clear that the writer's in control of me having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, well, I'm going to segue to one of the questions we received from a member sure. of our server because it goes with that, what you were just saying. Uh, I think this question is from Chris. He said, considering it was a horror contest, did any scripts not advance on the grounds of not being scary enough, even though it scored high marks in structure, story, et cetera? Sure. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I definitely didn't read anything where I was wondering why somebody would submit it to the killer shorts contest. You know, everything was very clearly either horror or horror adjacent. Um, I, there wasn't any, any rom-coms that I read where I was like, why is this in here? But, uh, right. you know, I definitely read horror comedies or just straight comedies that were playing around with horror tropes, mm -hmm. uh, and that, that would advance because, you know, it was clear that the writer was in command of what they were doing and was very purposely playing with the genre and it was funny. Um, you know, and I, also I think humor is just as hard as comedy to get right. So, uh, so I'm not going to ding anybody for that. And there were some too that were more kind of drama horror. Um, I would say that that were yes. very invested more on the character side than the horror side. And the supernatural or scary elements were around it. But if it it nailed those elements well, then again, I would say great. This is yeah. this is great. Yeah, I mean, horror can be a lot of things. It's not just jump scares or serial killers. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, we, we accepted all sub-genres. We've got lots of comedies in there. Um, but I think it's important to know that it's not just about being scary. Uh, horror can be, you know, something that gives you just an unsettling or disturbing feeling, uh, a For sense sure. of dread. There was one script called Blank, which was about a woman going through dissociative, oh God, I'm going to say it wrong, DID. What does that stand for? Uh, dissociative Identity Disorder. That's it. So she, it was about her experiencing that and her husband trying to be there for her and how horrible that can be. Oh. Um it was really well written. I gotta say, uh, I want to give props to the writers. I'm scared I'm going to mispronounce their names. Avishai Weinberger and Tova Weinberger. Avishai or Avishi. I'm so sorry. I am probably not saying your name right. But that script, I'm like, oh, nice. Like, this is different. Um, and, you know, it does go in. There is later in it that um, a murder happens. But, you know, the the girl has no memory of it because mm. she's experiencing this thing. So uh, I think that's a good example. It's not just about being scared. Right. You know, another one came to mind for me was uh, Final Final Girls. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, which was just, uh, it had so much affection. Fun. Yeah, it was fun. And it, and it clearly mm -hmm. was written by somebody who loves the genre. Yeah. Uh, you know, the premise is... Uh, what if somebody used a monkey paw to wish all their favorite horror movie stars into one location to see who's who could win, right? Yeah, they had like to fight each other. Taking yeah. that classic bar bar conversation and literalizing it um, and then turning it on its head too, right? Like that was the other good thing about it was then it then went beyond that premise um, and had them. Yeah, then they turn on him. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so, it, and it was just, it was just a lot of fun. It was funny and it was clearly written by somebody who knew the genre and, and loved it and mm -hmm. was kind of sending themselves up. Yeah. 
that's I think that would go over really well in a film festival. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. would get a lot of laughs and, you know, tap into a lot of, um, you know, horror fans who like because that personally def- that person definitely knew their stuff when it came to horror movies. Um, another thing that stands out to me is when you write something from a unique POV. So we're used to seeing the POV of the victim. We're not always in the POV of the killer, but in one script called Killer by Samantha Talbot, we took the POV of the dog that belonged to a serial killer. Oh, that was so good. Wasn't that good? And as, I think as a dog that lover. right there is a pitch. Yeah, I'm a dog lover too. People in the server know. Um, and it, and I loved that the dog thought he was responsible for all the people that his owner was killing and burying in the park. And he was, t- and we do have voiceover in that one, obviously, because dogs can't talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that one was really well done. Yeah, and because it was, uh, you know, that one played so well with dramatic irony, right? Where the dog thinks that it's killing women just by coming in contact with them mm-hmm. and feels terrible about itself. But you as yeah. the audience knows that it's, it's the dog's him. owner that's doing yeah. it. And you just feel yeah. so bad for that dog. Like, mm-hmm. And that was a, a, and also just a great job of making that dog a character that you care about and you feel bad for. And yeah. it's just a good dog. It was a good dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's, there's so many good ones. I wish oh, that yeah. we could mention them all. Um Drone is a good one by yes. John Arve uh, about, you know, a guy who's he's got a drone kind of like peeking into people's windows and stuff. But he ends up witnessing what looks like maybe uh, there's a killer in the house or uh, right. something a, like that. And the drone falls and he has to go retrieve it. Right. Very clever take on uh, rear window for the mm-hmm. 21st century. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, another one I really liked, which was a comedy, was We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Uh, let me see what the writer's names were that, that We Wish You a Merry Christmas was Sarah Emery and Carl Firth. Uh, I really loved that one. I know you and I have a different sense of humor, so you might not have, have found it as hilarious as me, but you have to admit it was funny. Uh, these carolers coming to someone's house and singing the song, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And of course, part of the song they talk about, we want some figgy pudding and we won't leave until we get some. And the woman is like, okay, thanks for singing the song, but they won't go away. And it then becomes quite creepy and menacing. Like they come into the house and they keep singing that they want some figgy pudding and they won't leave until they get some. And she's starting to get scared and she's grabbing for the phone to call the police and they slap the phone out of her hands. And she actually goes through the process of making them figgy pudding so that they will go away. And I just thought it was really funny. That's another one. I think uh, an audience would laugh their asses off at. Yeah, no, even while reading it, it was, it was such a clever idea. Um, and like I said, it, and it landed well in that it's kind of funny, but it's also uncanny in the way that these people are kind of almost zombie-like, yeah. right? Where they're acting as a horde, but instead of demanding brains, they're demanding figgy pudding, and they're just singing the song <laughs> over and over again. Um, yes. And it, like I said, it's also it's also something that I did not read in any of these other scripts. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Another one, Slaughter Hearse by Evan Bachman. Uh, which was a girl calls an Uber and a hearse arrives. 
Uh, Ooh, I don't think yeah. I read that one. That's a really good one. You should read it. Yeah, that's a great uh, idea. Really, it's a great idea. And that's what we're looking for. Things that right. you can pitch like that just so easily that I don't need to be looking at the log line. I can just say in one sentence what it is. And people are like, oh, that's a good idea. Um, that's that's always you can't always pitch it that easily. But when right. you can. Uh, right. That's nice. I think it's again, I think it's the you know, is it something fresh? Is it mm-hmm. point of view? Is it location? Whatever it is, you know, if you can. If, if you are succeeding at that, then you should be able to just say that log line for your short and somebody instantly goes, oh, I am very interested to see how you do that, right? I'm very interested mm-hmm. to see how you do the drone version of Rear Window. I'm very interested to see how you do um, an Uber but in a hearse, right? Like all, instantly my mind's racing with with all the ideas and potential for what that could be and I want to see what, what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas and if you, you go, won't believe what happens in that either. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you, you, read it. <laughs> um, you know, whereas if it's a, uh, you know, it's five people trying to survive the zombie apocalypse, well, then you really need to execute at a super high level because that logline tells me that the story is probably something that I've read before, right? Yes. That you don't have anything new, interesting there to, for me to go, oh, I haven't, you know, it's not five people, but it's five toddlers trying to survive the zombie apocalypse okay well mm-hmm. i mean actually i did see that that's little monsters but right um <laughs> you know but that's finding recent. that thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but finding that fresh thing that if you're doing it in that that idea level then it should be able to very easily be incorporated into your log line and you can test it so easily too right just tell somebody oh i'm working on a script it's this and if they go that sounds super cool then you've got a good fresh spin on uh on a familiar story. Right. And if they're like, oh, cool, that is probably not so good. <laughs> or if they have a lot of questions, right. that's also not good. You need to work on your logline in Logline Workshop in our, our server. Um, right. Another script I really liked uh, is called You're It. Have you read that one? I, I don't think I did. Let me read the logline for this one. Because uh, another reader read this and sent it to me immediately and said, you have to read this. And he didn't tell me why. I'm like, okay, this is before I had started reading the scripts. So I'm like, okay. uh, I haven't yet, but I know which one you're talking about. And I am excited to read it. <laughs> the log line for this script. And this is an example of something that stood out. Okay. The log line is a short screenplay contest judge reads a cursed script and becomes haunted by the horror it unleashes. Oh, shit. So I had to read it, <laughs> right? I'm like, okay, I, I got to read it. And I was going in thinking, okay, it's probably just a gimmick, a clever log line, but the script isn't you know, going to be that great. But the script actually was very good because it had a unique idea in it, which I've never seen before on how the curse gets passed to other people. And it's using the talent that you have is the only way that you can get rid of the curse. If you've been cursed, if you're it, the only way you can get rid of the curse is to use your talent. So whether that's singing or writing or playing guitar, you have to then write something or uh, make, you know, play a song for somebody or do whatever it is that's your talent to pass it on to someone else. And so this script, the writer is saying his talent is being a writer. So he wrote this screenplay to pass the curse along 
to us. And there's several other examples of it in the script. But I think that that's a really cool idea that could be a good feature. Totally. Oh, no, that's great. Um, no, I, I am going to read it and hopefully I don't get cursed. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> uh, another one I liked was Mi Carino. Mi Carino, am I saying it right? I don't know. I'm not Spanish, but uh, it has Spanish in it. And that was refreshing to me. It had a character, uh, uh, a Hispanic character, an old lady who is in an old folks home. Uh, well, it might have been a hospital ward, but for old people. And she doesn't speak English. She speaks very little, but when she does, it's in Spanish and there's actually no subtitles. So there's a bit of a mystery about what she's saying. And she's trying to explain to uh, the nurse what she's seeing. Oh, and so uh -huh. I like it was very refreshing to me to have Spanish in there. Um, but also it worked because I don't speak Spanish. And so I didn't know what she was saying either. And she was she was describing you know, like a, a type of ghost that was visiting her. Um, oh, no, sorry. That's not what she was describing. She was describing something that had been happening to her, but she couldn't tell people because she didn't speak English. Sure. Uh, that's one, That's another one I don't want to spoil. Um, but that's another thing where you can, if, if you can show that you're in control of the readers slash viewers experience, uh, you know, that's going to get you a lot of points, right? If, mm -hmm. if you're writing in such a way where you're maximizing the story as an experience. You're not saying, well, this, that, and the other thing happened, but I am playing with anticipation and expectation and recognizing what the reader thinks is going to happen or, and then turning it on its head. And some of it is surprise, but some of it too is, is what you're describing where you're reading the script and you're being put in these shoes where you don't know what's happening, but you want to know, mm -hmm. um, you know, that is, a high level of craft. So if you can execute that, then the reader is going to be impressed, right? And you're going to make it yeah. a, a more enjoyable read as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. Another one I really liked was Intruder by Maria Wilson. Um, that script uh, is two roommates who are texting back and forth because they think someone has broken into mm -hmm. the house. Yeah. And I've never seen that before. And you don't see who's in the house. They just hear it, right? Mm -hmm. And they're just texting. Uh, but and that's it, you know, but I've never seen that before. So I really like that one. Right. It's just a very clever game executed well. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, another one that uh, on my list that I liked that uh, answers an earlier question was Nine Nights, uh, which is mm -hmm. a zombie movie, but it's a, um, uh, I think it was Haiti zombie movie. So it's a going back to the roots of the zombie as a uh, voodoo creation you know, like I walked with a zombie in those old school zombie movies and, and pre Night of the Living Dead. So that alone is a fresh version of the zombie story. And it's also set in Haiti and it interacts with this gangster story. Right. Um, so all those elements really make it fresh and different from your standard zombie apocalypse movie. Yeah, what stood out for me in that one, I think, was the gangster character was a really colorful character. His dialogue, mm -hmm. you don't, we don't see a lot of those characters in these scripts, so that was really refreshing. Right. Yeah. Again, making yeah. those interesting choices, uh, as opposed to, well, it's a uh, late twenties to early thirties, 
urban, suburban <laughs> white dude who's got some kind of white collar tech job. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a lot of those. We're just kind of like, oh, that's a, a generic, lot. generic person being dropped in there. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you tweak that stuff, it doesn't just, uh, you know, it's it's not about diversity quotas or anything like that. By tweaking no. that, you're bringing an interesting new element to the story that we haven't seen before. And right. so now all of a sudden we're going, oh, this is new and fresh. And I'm, I, I haven't already read 10 of these scripts. Instead, I'm excited to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Another one is Suds. Uh, which was a short and sweet one about this woman who uh, I, I believe she's doing the dishes and the bubbles are growing and growing out of the sink. <laughs> and then they come down onto the floor and they kind of form like a monster that ends up absorbing her uh, into the suds. That was just short and fun. Um, and I really, I, th- I think that would make a great short film. Yeah, totally. Uh, and again, that's one where you just, you, you start talking about it. Like I have not seen a horror story about, sentient suds right dishwashing (laughs) like instantly i'm like this is a fun idea and i want to see how how it's how it's executed Mm -hmm. yep another one was michelle's griffin uh by roberto roberto alvarenga uh which was about a tattoo artist and the tattoos that she does on people can come to life uh and kill them as well as the paintings that she does she's an artist but uh, i believe i've seen that kind of thing before with the paintings it was more the tattoo um how she would tattoo someone who would later become her victim and the tattoo she gave them uh would kind of come to life and i believe then go into the painting and live in the painting cool Um, yeah that's a really cool one i guess you haven't read that one but i recommend that for sure well all of them i recommend (laughs) all 100 i have read all 100 quarter finalists you guys so i can definitely tell you i know they are all good um if we're just listing ones that we liked uh (laughs) another one that i really enjoyed um and was excited to see make it into the quarterfinals was uh bone seed yeah um and it was such an interesting idea that, again, that I hadn't seen before. And that was one where I finished reading it and I was like, I want to see the feature version of this, right? And especially for this kind of contest where you're writing a short, uh, if you can make the reader feel that, right? I finished it and mm. I go, this is well told in the you know five to 35 pages it took, but I also would love to see the hour and a half to two hour version. Uh, yeah. You know, that's huge like that's and that ultimately is what we're trying to do with this right as we're saying like Mm -hmm. these are shorts to prove a concept or a voice so that it will then lead to the feature and having a career um Mm -hmm. so yeah like that that idea that's so potent where you're like you execute well but also what's the full version for this and i think a lot of what we've been talking about fits that criteria right where you're like this is an interesting idea and it's executed really well in this uh compact package but i also want to see what they get to do with 90 to 100 pages because the voice is fresh and the ideas are interesting. Yes. I wish I could go through all of them uh, because totally. they all have something that made them stand out. They weren't just good, like you said. Uh, they were great. They mm-hmm. stood out. The writers are great. Um, oh, man. I want yeah, to was... say more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we could absolutely just go on for another hour of just listing all the scripts we read and why we love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I probably say, shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was sort of an interesting thing as being a reader. Um, when you're a reader for a contest, then 
you there are scripts that you fall in love with and that you are excited. I remember contacting you uh, occasionally when I'd read a script and just be super excited about it yeah. and go, this is great and you should definitely check it out. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you know, you're kind of invested in its success as a reader. Right. And, um, you know, that sort of has a limited impact for a competition, but that's what you want to have happen. If you're querying a, a manager or, um, in a slush pile someplace, right. Cause some assistant is going to be the one who reads that or, or some readers be the one who reads that and assesses it. And you want them to, not just like it, not just think it's pretty good or even great, but sort of go, I love this and I want to advocate for it. Yeah. And for the writer, you know, my, my hope is that whoever does win this contest, the three winners will also have other screenplays. So start writing, guys. Make sure you've yes. got other examples because who knows what's going to happen when I pass these scripts on to the agents and the managers and the producers and the producers. If they might say, I love this one, but I am making something similar already, already have. Do they have anything else? You know, absolutely. I can't promise what's going to happen, but I think it would be a good idea to write more examples of your work, start writing more short scripts or writing the feature versions of these shorts because we really believe in them, don't we? Totally. And uh, and I think this is good advice regardless is always being able to answer the question, what else have you got, right? Like you never know if somebody's going to read your script and they go, like I said, they've already got something similar or it's not quite the right kind of thing that they do. But if they love your writing and they love your voice, they're going to say, what else do you have? And because they want to work with you, right? That's why they're mm -hmm. talking to you. So yeah. you need to be able to follow up and say, oh, well, I've got this, that, and the other thing. And hopefully one of these quick for you. And yeah. if nothing else, then you demonstrate that you're a producer too, right? Like a, on a content level. Um, when you're talking to the managers and the agents, they're going to want somebody who's going to not just write one really good script. They want somebody who's going to write a series of good scripts and be a, you know, a lifetime income generator, right? Like this is a business. Yeah. And so you, if you can turn around and say, I've also got these three other scripts that are done and ready to read and have interesting ideas, then your potential representation is going to go, okay, great. I, I feel even more confident in investing in you as a client because I know that you're going to be able to keep producing stuff that I can then sell and we can both make money. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And it's a mistake that I made um, when I wrote Log, which did really well in contests. For those who haven't read it, it's about a log that kills people. It's, um, it's a wild script. It was my second <laughs> script I'd ever written. And uh, I think I started sending it out too soon, um, pitching it um, and sending it to producers. And I actually got, at the time I was in Canada and I got a meeting with some producers in Los Angeles. I had to do it over the phone, but still it was really cool. It was on like a conference call with like three producers who loved it, but they wanted something else. They, it wasn't the right fit for their company, but they loved my voice mm -hmm. and they wanted to read something else. And I didn't have anything else. Uh, I had a pitch for something that they liked and we st we did stay in contact about that, but I wish that I had more at the time. Uh, so if, if you can, well, you should be able to start writing more scripts, uh, feature versions of the ones that made the quarterfinals, you won't regret it. Right. But even, you know, even just having that pitch ready, right. was good and 
showed that you were able to come up with ideas and kept that door open for them. Yeah. They yeah, I'm glad that I had something else that they were also really excited about and thought was a great idea. They were producers, not managers, so it wasn't like they could represent me or anything. Right. But they're willing to raid my stuff, which is a really cool connection to have. So yeah, so keep keep writing everybody. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Um, keep writing. <laughs> and um yeah, I think that covers a lot of what we were looking for, what makes something stand out. And I just want to touch on one more time really quickly how important it is not to have a shitload of typos in your script. Yes. We can't overlook that. I'm so sorry, but you have to proofread your stuff. Get other people to proofread it if you're not good at proofreading your own stuff and you have bad spelling and poor grammar and all that because we just we couldn't nothing in the quarterfinals is riddled with typos i promise you that totally and same thing for formatting and legibility mm-hmm. um there are plenty of scripts where i'd start reading and it was it was tough it was difficult to get through the script just because grammatically it was a difficult read or it didn't follow standard script formatting so i was constantly having to figure out what their actual intent was, um, you know, those those rules are in place to make it easier to tell your story. You're not, you shouldn't be trying to fight against them. You should be using them so that you can more, you don't have to worry about how do I communicate this location or that we're changing places or that somebody else is speaking. Like that's all been figured out through the format. So use that so you can just worry about telling your story well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean there were some that I was so frustrated because I loved the idea mm-hmm. and it had one of those great ideas, but it just, it wasn't professionally put together. Absolutely. Uh, so unfortunately it couldn't advance. And so if you're one of the people that didn't make it, um, you know, please look at your script and maybe try to pick it apart and, and see, could that have been the reason why um, share it for feedback in our server and the discord Absolutely. server screenwriters network and ask for feedback. You're totally allowed to do that. Um, and, if you made the top 20%, I want you to know that your script was really good. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, only 100 people can make it into this list. And it's very, very difficult to make those choices. Um, so don't be discouraged. You probably do have a really great script. It just didn't work out this year. Uh, but I hope that you will continue writing and hopefully submit again next year. Definitely. Cool. Well, thank you, Fred, so much for joining me on this mini episode, which was actually probably longer than a normal episode. <laughs> I was about to say, we, we talked for a while, but it was, we it was a lot of fun. We talked for a while. I'll try to cut out most of it and just sure. keep it to the good stuff. But, you know, no, but thank you again so much. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's it's fun to talk about scripts that you really like, right? I think that's why yeah. we went long. And that's a sign of why you exactly. made it into the quarterfinals, because yours was a script that we enjoyed talking about. Oh, I just got to shout out an apple a day because I, I think yes. that that was one of the first ones that you rated very highly. Um, and we were both really excited about that one. So I, I don't want to end the podcast without mentioning an apple a day uh, by Alan Rufton. Good job on that. That puts a twist on the idea of an apple a day. We'll keep the doctor away. Yeah, it was you know one of those ones where it's a clever idea. It's not even, I would say like straight horror going back to that question Mm -hmm. about genre but it is so well written and you are really feel like you're in good hands throughout that uh there was no denying that it was a great script yeah um oh also bail (laughs) (laughs) we're just gonna list all 100 scripts 
like like we joked at the beginning, we're going to talk about every single one. <laughs> the dad is driving his daughter to college. At least she thinks he's driving her to college, but he's actually uh, driving to sacrifice her to uh, like a demon devil type situation. <laughs> oh, so I really like that one. That was a really good twist. Um, but yeah. Okay. So I'm going to end there. <laughs> we really love all of them. So congratulations. Yes. To the quarter finalists this year. Uh, you did great. And stay tuned February 28th when we announce the semifinalists. Thanks, Fred, for being here. My pleasure. Good luck, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>